the BBC. We present the golden tones of yours and my favorite singer. Oh, my beloved daddy, I love him, yes, I do. That's that great steaming porridge muncher. <laughs> and give the listeners the new low in Goon Show Plots. We present the awesome, fearful, and on the admission of the author's incomprehensible story of Scrudge. Ah, <laughs> uh, next bit. Yes, listeners. Those mysterious explosions were the first of many. It is that story we tell tonight. Mr. Sleethrons? Klimitz. Twins go. Ah, good Well, hurry up then. Clinch. <laughs> it was in the autumn of 1920 the year Major Bloodnock was discharged from the army. Yes. It was the usual. Cowardice in the face of Ensor. <laughs> Found dressed as a woman in the ATF barrack. I don't like you here. It was carnival night, I tell you. Please, Major Bloodnock. My name is Jampton. Captain Hugh Jampton. I remember at the time, both Bloodnock and Lord Seagun became members of the Athenaeum Club, Glasshouse Street. Thank you. Gad, you waltz divinely, my darling. What's your name? Bloodnock. <laughs> Dennis Bloodnock. Gad! I hardly recognize you in that tartan beard. I wear it for sentimental reasons. You see, it belonged to my mother. <laughs> Great naked kippers. <laughs> my boots have exploded. Gad, yes! Major! How could you? Look! <laughs> But all Etonian socks have got holes in them. Yes, I, I know, but uh, I have to wear them. You see, they belong to my mother. <laughs> but look at me, boots. They've had it, lad. There, 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 blood knock. I wonder what could have caused them to go so quickly. I'll tell you what happened to them, buddy. <laughs> Your boots exploded because you've been doing all that sinful chastening and modern rhythm type dancing, buddy. <laughs> What are you doing off the bandstand? Get back to your saxophone at once. You can't leave Mr. Crun up there alone with that loaded E-flat carpet loom. She can't play it. I put the safety catch on. <laughs> now, next dance, please, boys. Great knobbly plates of toes. Your boots have exploded. With the exploding of his boots, Seagoon realized that something sinister was a feat. <laughs> With the aid of a 129A bus and several lengths of road, he took his shattered boots to the strolling home office pathologist, who carefully patholed them. Huh? Yes. Are they... Are they dead, Doctor? I'm afraid, sir. We did all we could, but... I'm afraid the wealth was too far gone. <laughs> My poor beloved boots. Gone. Gone and, and never called me mother. Never mind, madam. I tell you what. 
I'll keep these boots. Wow! Good heavens. The buttons of my boots have exploded. I say, what's going to happen? Dear listeners, with the exploding of those boot buttons, I decided it was time for action. Brooking no delay, I caught the next hockey stick factory up to London when I called a meeting of England's leading scientists. Gentlemen, please. Ah, cease these impressions of stars of stage, screen, and labor exchange. <laughs> and now, pray silence for his excellent shortness, Lord Neddy Seagoon, sixth in succession from the Muswell Hill tube station. <laughs> hurry up, mate, hurry up. We scientists is busy men, mate, I tell you. Hurry up. I know, mate. I'm fully aware, but I've called you here to find the reason for these mysterious boot explosions. Now, has anyone any suggestions? Uh, no. I don't think it's that. <laughs> I tell you, Lord Seagull, it's the work of a practical joker. Gentlemen and fellows of the Royal College of Charlies. <laughs> the voice came from a cadaverous stranger who peered down at us from the top of an isosceles triangle. Yes, it belonged to my mother. Gentlemen, Lord Seagoon is not alone. There are other victims of these mysterious boot explosions. May we ask why your friend is wearing bare feet and a black cardboard jewelry? He is Monsieur Le Comte Frederic Jim Moriarty of the House of Frat. Tell him the story, Comte. <laughs> What's Gentlemen, need he say more? <laughs> Each one of him can tell a similar story. <laughs> the Count will now pass amongst you, his fellow scientists, with a collecting box and a professional strangler. <laughs> to cover the screams of dying Scotsman, here is Max Geldry. Thank you, thank you. 
Gentlemen, that voluntary collection for the victim Moriarty amounted to four and ninepence in pennies. Many from this country. <laughs> Mr. Thin, Thin. Professor Thin, the strolling anchorman for the Penge and District Tug of War team, and fruit bottler extraordinary to the House of Chatterley. Thank the you. Thank you very much indeed. You didn't say what this collection was for. Money. <laughs> My dear short sir. These accumulated monies, this, this, this foreign knifeness will be used for vital scientific purposes such as uh, food, rent, laundry, and... Uh, but we want a solution to these mysterious boot explosions. Ah, well, that will be extra. My dear Professor Thin, the expense is no object at all. What, what? I'll just sign this blank wall. There. Fill in the bricks yourself. It's very, very kind of you. I'll cash it to the building society. Count, will you explain the phenomena, please? Certainement, certainement. Gentlemen, these boot explosions are caused by a weakening in Britain's deposits of scratch. Scratch? Did you say scratch, then you? Certainement, mon. Scratch is a substance found beneath the Earth's surface. This scratch radiates upwards, keeping level with the Gulf Stream, and keeps the pressure on the Earth's surface at an even level, thus preventing boots from exploding. <laughs> Unfortunately... Britain's scratch deposits are rapidly losing their potency, with the results that have now become apparent. I've heard such a lot of rubbish since I left the House of Commons. Scratch, indeed. If you think I'd believe one word of that... Great green squirts of Gringe! He's exploded completely. Indeed, the Scottish gentleman had disintegrated. From then on, the boot explosions became fiercer. <laughs> Up to now, I had not believed Moriarty's story of scratch. But now, it was obviously true. Yes, Britain had to find fresh scratch deposits or explode one by one. The Home Secretary sent a warning on the wireless. Good evening. I'm speaking to you about these boot explosions. We, the government, are doing all in our power to rectify this grave scratch deficiency which apparently exists. Until then, the British public must take the following precautions. To prevent yourselves exploding, remove your boots, reverse the buttons on your socks, and walk backwards holding a gas stove above your head. I do hope this is only a temporary measure. Good night. We return you now to Scratch Part 3. suggestion of Professor Thin and Moriarty, the government financed the Scratch expedition, myself in charge, armed with an elephant boot protractor. Yes, I took charge of the money and directed operations from the treacherous Camp 3, just north of Monte Carlo. <laughs> Which way have you sent those Charlies on the Scratch expedition? Well, right now they should be nearing the North Pole and certain death. <laughs> <laughs> Max, Max, get along, you hairy little doggy. Good work. 
Good work, Fredknock. You're a born leader of dogs. Yes, I used to be a boxer, you know. <laughs> Mother of the ah, here comes the doctor. Hello. <laughs> How are the men? Oh, fine, fine, fine. Any cases of frozen feet? You didn't order any cases of frozen feet. <laughs> well, we'll have to get along without them, that's all. But we've got to eat, Seagoon. Okay, I'll put them in the oven. Shut up, you idiot. Shut up, you idiot. Shut up, you Quiet, please. Please, gentlemen, please. We had to find Scratch, not to fight. Now, think of those poor people in England walking backwards with their boots off, carrying gas stoves above their heads. Oh. Now, lower those fudge replicas of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, I don't... Uh, uh, come along, Eccles. Drop that Eiffel Tower. I was sitting on the top of the Eiffel Tower, eating my East Finchley Boy Scout type lunch, when Wongy, Blong Black, Splurgy, Sluggy And then Clout on the Nut jumps up and says, Ooh, Tessa. Oh, Tessa. Dom. It's silly old Tessa. Silly old. Oh, here you are. Oh, I'm not. Silly anymore. I'm the doctor. Shut up, Eckel! Shut up, Eckel! I'm, I'm the, I'm the doctor in this game. Oh, doctor? Yeah. Hey, do you do operations? No, but we all got to start sometime. <laughs> now lay down. Here, no, no, no. Here, mind what you're doing with that sharp sausage knife. Mom can come to a young lad like that. <laughs> Long and foolish, he hasn't long to be. Here, Lock. stop cutting the hole in my shirt. Don't be frightened. I'm only looking round. You'd what? better not, then. Oh, let me say it. What? I won't touch anything. Well, don't, because there's all new stuff in there. Um, Daddy. Oh. Oh, here. Watch this. That's Rayel and Denny's quartet. And now the scratch, the part, the plinch. On and on pressed the scratch Arctic expedition, following the route charted by the famous Dr. Eccles to the North Pole. It's hot at the pole for this time of the year. Yes, yes, I, I've never known it so hot. Blast <laughs> these Arctic mosquitoes. But look, how far are we from the pole now? Just three inches. Ah, Dad, we'll never make it before nightfall. Well, we shall have to stop here. Yes. I know, let, let us try and erect some sort of... Rude shelter. You build the walls and I'll write on them. Oh, <laughs> not you, tonic, you. Oh. I don't wish to know that. I'm a happy-go-lucky lad. No. Wait. What, what? That look. There's a pyramid. What? Let's see if they can put us up for the night. 
I'll do the talking. I'll do the silences. I knew I could rely on you. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Cohen. Cohen who? Cohen, you put us up for the night. <laughs> I like working these little jokes. <clears throat> well, you can work that one for a start. <laughs> Shut that naughty, hairy pyramid door. Good heavens! It's Cronin Bannister. What are you doing here? Oh, um, special job, buddy, buddy. Yes. Mr. Sign pays us a goodly sum to mix Futo, the wonder boot exploder, into boot polish that is then exported to England. Good heavens! What a fiendish plot. Yes, I wonder who wrote it. <laughs> Of course. Of course. Those boot explosions were deliberately caused by this mixture of photo and boot polish. There's... There's no such thing as scratch. The naughty men. They've got all the expedition money. They won't keep that money for long, lads. You're not a long lad. You won't get any. Shut up. Shut up. Hand me my saxophone. Yeah. Oh, that's better. <clears throat> now... Pyramid. Me drive pyramid, mate. Right. Drive us to Monte Carlo. In the huge pyramid with its powerful 2000 BC engine, the Avengers of the Scrag hoax fraud were soon seeking out Moriarty and Cripwipe Finn, who were sipping the most expensive cooking type sherry. <laughs> Don't rock the hammock so much, Moriarty. You'll have us both out. Think, oh. <laughs> pipe. it was all so easy. <laughs> now we're millionaires, thanks to Futo, the wonder boot explorer. <laughs> and we'll never grow another leg. <laughs> oh, marvelous leg. Pardon me, sir. What is it, Chilvers? Can't you see we're engaged? Oh, congratulations, sir. <laughs> I hope you'll both be very happy together. Thank you, Shilvers. Um, there's a pyramid in the lounge, sir. Really? <laughs> What's his name? I don't know. He didn't say, sir. He was a tall, bearded pyramid with hieroglyphics. Come in, do. Now, what can I do for you? Wait, hands up! I'm no pyramid. This plaster and string fez is a fake. I'm Neddy Seagoon. Thank you. Christy, the game is up. Neddy, can't we talk this over like no Don't come too near. This gun is ready to load. Ah, come on, you swine. Where's all that money gone? Yes, that four and ninepence you collected from us. And that blank wall I signed. That blank wall was a bouncer. Sent back, refer to builder. Nonsense. I've got 10,000 bricks in my account. Come on, empty your wallet. Great steaming lumps of thack. It's a British wall. Yes. But the bricks are in French. Curses foiled by French bricks. Come on. I want the original wall. We're waiting, Moriarty. Talk and talk fast. Suddenly. <laughs> Rubbish, but beautifully spoken. Right. Find 
these two scratch hooks as to the bed rails and stack the tins of their own fiendish boot polish around the base of Moriarty. Oh. I'll help you. What's the idea? Thin. Why are you turning on Moriarty? I've just found his tap. You can't joke your way out of this. Good pipe. Time up, man. Right. Light the fuse. Right. <laughs> now, gentlemen, you've got three minutes to tell us where that four and ninepence is. We'll talk. We'll talk. Blue bottle. Quick. Extinguish the fuse. Here's your four and nine and your wall. Damn you. Right. You may go. <laughs> Gloating laugh. <laughs> so, dear listeners, you see, honesty triumphs over naughtiness. Shh, shh, please. Honesty triumphs over naughtiness. And in the Happy. end... Happy. What? What was that that you told me to do? Told you to... The fuse! Good evening. Since I last spoke to you, the dreaded boot explosions have ceased. Thanks to the courageous and untiring efforts of Professor Gritpipe Thin and Mr. Moriarty, both of whom are to be knighted. <laughs> Therefore, as from now, you can all stop walking backwards, put on your boots, and lower your gas stoves to the ground. Heavy, went there. Good night. That was The Goon Show, a BBC-recorded program featuring Peter Sellers, Harry Seacombe, Spike Milligan, with the Redditor Quartet and Max Gildray. The orchestra was conducted by Wally Stott, script by Spike Milligan and Larry Stevens, announcer Wallace Greenslade, the program produced by Pat Dixon.